Welcome to The Wheel Reads, a Wheel of Time podcast. Your hosts are Alan, Chris, and Ian. This podcast is safe for first-time readers with no spoilers. This week, we'll be covering chapters 20, 21, and 22 of The Great Hunt, Sidene, The Nine Rings, and Watchers. Enjoy! Welcome to season two, episode 10. Um, it's actually episode 34 for us uh, since we started this whole shindig. Um, been going strong, growing in numbers, and we'll talk about that in a second. But first off, um, talk about our new patrons. Because I always got to start with that because we're so happy we got two new ones. So we got WT Newbie, um, which I guess Will Time Newbie, or I don't know what WT stands for. I'm guessing it's Will Time uh, Newbie. And then Mellow Yellow, who's actually listened to us too. So they call her Mellow Yellow. Um, is, Mellow. Uh, so one of us. One of us. One of us. <laughs> yes, always excited for new patrons. Um, it helps out a whole lot with us doing giveaways and all that great stuff. And speaking of giveaways, we have a winner for the last giveaway we're doing, which is or the last one we just did. Uh, what credits one of our patrons and myself teamed up and uh, to qualify you just had to follow both of us on twitter it's pretty easy um and the winner of that which will be announced later tonight as a recording but you guys all hear the next week anyway so you already know you're the winner but that's uh uh florin gelb um so i think it's gelb it's gelb at gelb florin on twitter um, won their free audiobook of their choice. So what credits will be in touch with you um, to get your free audiobook. And because we like giveaways so much, um, I figured I'm just going to do another giveaway. So as soon as I'm done recording this episode, I'm going to hop on Twitter and I'm going to announce the next giveaway for uh, that I'm going to do. Um, and it's going to be a little different. I'm not doing a book this time. Um, so since we launched our merchandise store, so it kind of goes right into that. Um, I'm going to give away one of our new wheel reads, frosty mugs. So yeah, let me get my, I'm going to start up. Can I I get into this one? (laughs) Uh, No, you guys, yeah, the, 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 the fine, the fine print rules say, you know, if you're involved in the the, the podcast, people will say fix if you guys win. But but we'll all get those. Exactly. Never thought yep. that. Definitely, as time goes on, you'll get yours. Trust me. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna do a giveaway on Twitter for a frosty mug. Um, I'm gonna announce that on Twitter after we're done. Uh, and it'll probably just be the same thing as always. Just retweet, like it, comment. If you do the three things on Twitter that you can do on Twitter, you'll be qualified to win a Will Reed frosty mug. So. Um, that would be a fun, and that's so, yeah, a celebration of the merch store. And speaking of merchandise, we have more merchandise, more merchandise now. So uh, you know, we launched it about a week and a half ago. Store went live, um, and we've had a few orders on it, and it just had our logo stuff on everything. Uh, but now we have Pater gear. So yes, um, we have Team Pater shirts, we have Team Pater hats, and beanies, and sweatshirts, and all sorts of fun stuff. So. If you guys want to head over to our merchandise store, it's uh it's it's new creations by Jen. It's G E N slash the wheel reads. 
is um, our new creations by gin.com slash the wheel reads is the merchandise site. I'll have that linked in the podcast description. So you guys can just, uh, uh, if whatever uh, app you're listening on, let you click on the links, click on the links. Some of them don't, you'll just have to copy and paste. It's easy enough. I'm sure you guys can figure it out, but that's um, our merchandise store. So feel free to go on there and buy some stuff. Um, that's some pretty cool stuff. We got mugs, we got water bottles, we got shot glasses, we got t-shirts, shot, hoodies, shot, 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 yeah. shot. beanies, um, got a, a hats, all sorts of fun merchandise. So, yeah, and, and we'll continue to add more designs and more T-shirts and more stuff as time goes on. I, we already got uh, another one in the in the, in the making. Um, we're in the final stages of, of getting that uh, next next one together, and that's going to be our floaties T-shirt. Uh, so some people on our Discord have seen that, but uh, as you know, Ian always talks about putting on his floaties. So we're going to have a floaties T-shirt, which is looking really cool. Um, actually, I don't know. If, uh, I don't know if uh, Tree Tree's our designer. Um, she, um, she, des- uh, she designs all her stuff for us. Uh, yeah. Tree hugger. She's uh, she's an amazing graphic artist and, um, and does all our designs for us. Uh, she's done some content stuff for unraveling the pattern pattern and other people as well. Um, if she wants to share the floaties design and chat, she can, cause it's a, uh, pretty cool but um, yeah so yeah. it's it's an, it's an amazing design and i hate to be a critic but if i were to do it differently on the back of the shirt i would say something like we're going deep and then show a map of tarbalon yeah <laughs> the only thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right oh, we just, we just lost interest and i'm getting angry messages now yeah i'm sorry okay, guys. Yeah, there, oh, there you go all right so <laughs> the only, the only problem with, yeah back designs are cool to put on shirts but they cost more when we do back designs on shirts apparently so i was obviously kidding that was a joke oh yeah well no it was that'd be awesome <laughs> to put a picture of a lot of there <laughs> <laughs> that would be great i'm sorry oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, would buy one. Yeah, how, how inappropriate can we get? There, there's the pictures. So just uh, we just shared it in our chat. So if you guys aren't listening live, um, you should. Uh, you just become you have to become a patron or be a content creator. So one of the two, either create your own YouTube channel or podcast, and I'll let you in and you go to Discord. Or um, if you uh, give us a dollar a month, you can listen live. So um, that that's the way to listen to us. That's pretty easy. Um, you know, one requires you to actually create stuff. The other one, just a dollar. So take your pick. <laughs> I guess you can create money. You have to have like minor income. You know, that might be important. Exactly. So some other new things. Twitter, we hit 800 followers on Twitter. So it's, um, you know, that's pretty exciting. And uh, one thing that's just blown away, and I think it's a mixture of a couple of things. So one, we were on the Twatcast uh, uh, podcast-a-thon. And then secondly, we were on the Dusty Wheel. I was on there twice, but we were on there last week. And it took us eight months to get to 10,000 downloads. And so on August 1st, we hit 10,000 downloads. Well, we're not even done with August yet, and we're already at 14,000 downloads. So we're like almost oh, halfway to 20. Like, awesome. <laughs> so we've, we've definitely started to pick up momentum really fast, which is exciting. It's fun. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, and I, I definitely give all credit to Dusty Wheel and none to myself. So um, thank you, Matt, uh, for, for helping us out and, and accelerating us um, uh, up in the, in the viewership or download world. So, yeah, um, that's it for 
like housekeeping type stuff. So, you know, we got giveaways, we got new listeners, we got new patrons, we got all sorts of fun stuff, but personal life. Um, I don't have a whole lot new. Um, last week, um, my sister-in-law came and stayed with us for an entire week, which is really cool. Um, she's, she's a lot of fun. She's a lawyer up in DC. Um, she's actually like been on like CNN and MSNBC and a bunch of different news, news things. Cause she's like an expert on, some kind of law and she's on TV all the time, but um, really, really smart, fun to have conversations with just a a wonderful person and had a lot of fun just having her um, uh, helping out with the kiddos and everything like that. And just giving uh, my wife a break while I'm at work and, you know, she's with the kids all day long. So um, just nice to have family to help out here and there. Um, So that's about it for me. She's gone back home now. So I'm back in my, normal recording space, which is the guest room, which I couldn't use last week. So happy to be back in my old, you know, digs. But, uh, <laughs> but other than that, um, not too much else new with me. I'm sure there's a whole lot more new with you guys. So what about you guys? Well, uh, so y'all know I was at the beach last week. That ended up like just being a fantastic time. Always fun to be around family. Um, the last couple of days, the waves were perfect for surfing and boogie boarding. Uh, so everybody but me got to enjoy that because I made the mistake of letting Ronan ride one wave in. Uh, that's my youngest. He's four. And he was addicted to it. So he'd be like, another, another. <laughs> then I'd be like, only a couple more. So he kept saying two more. And then we'd hit the beach again. He's like, two more. So it's, I, he probably rode like 20 waves uh, and totally wiped out on, I would say, five of them. Like the board went one way and then he was underwater for like a minute and then pops back up and is like, do it again. Yeah. So... Uh, that was fun, uh, but now I'm taking my last week of leave from work. It's eh, like trying to get myself ready to go back. I go back actually into the office next Tuesday, and that's going to be a bummer. Uh, and what else? Oh, and I, I posted earlier in the, the patron group, but um, well, that's most of you all, but I am <laughs> interviewing for a job that is much closer to where my kids are currently living, so that would be fantastic. Uh, I do that this thursday uh so hopefully by the time this comes out to the masses i'll I'll have heard something back and be shoot honestly if i hear back quickly i might just stay on leave from my current job other than to turn my stuff in and uh just start that that one up in the next couple of weeks so we'll see fingers crossed yeah awesome um things have been crazy for me per the usual (laughs) (laughs) as soon as i thought everything was good and i was finally seeing the light at the end of the tunnel it's like and we throw up another roadblock. So for my licensure program, I found out last week um, that there's a grad class that I have to take. Apparently, those individuals that are doing middle school and not secondary have to take a language acquisition class, which was supposed to have been told to me back in May. Then there was a letter that went out in July and then I got CC'd or BCC'd uh, on an email from a couple of the people I had networked with about this class that none of us had heard about that half of us in the cohort had to take. And so I called the top because um, the individual at the top of the program, I worked with her back in the day when I was uh, managing a department for the state at a community college. And I was like, you know, I have had your personal number. I haven't used it yet. Now I'm going to. And she's like, you know, your name seemed very familiar, but did you have a lot old last name? I was like, yep, I had a lot a different last name when I worked with you. 
she's like, oh, now everything kind of makes sense. And this is why you have all the answers to all of the things. I'm like, yeah. So this grad program, this grad class, um, how am I supposed to take it? It's supposed to be taken before I get licensed. I have to be licensed by January 1st. I'm not in grad school right now. Grad classes start Thursday the 29th. And, I, or excuse me, not the 29th. That would be the wrong date. Grad classes start Thursday the 27th. So what is your plan for getting me and the other people in the cohort into grad school in time enough to sign up for this class and to get books so that we don't fail since you have a contract with us and Newport News Public Schools? There has still been no answer given. I have since applied as a non-degree seeking student and found out that I can't use financial aid for that. So scratch that idea, signed up for grad school again. And if all works out in the next 24 hours, I'll be a graduate student for yet another master's degree, one of which (laughs) I really could use but don't need. Um, (laughs) Just so I can take one class to get my license finished. This is the way. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Always your favor. Thank you. Because if yeah. not, I don't. I like. I could lose my job in January, so I kind of need this oh. to work. So I plan on yeah. doing a sit-in tomorrow. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going to drive out to ODU. Um, I'm. Gonna, I know that the offices are open um, because people, quote unquote, though they're not working every time they're on Zoom, they're in their office. So I'm going to go sit in their office and hang out with them and tell them okay. I'm infected with COVID or something like that to make them all freak out. Well, well, Chet you know, believes, in your, believes in your inner Karen to, uh, you know, <laughs> to edge, uh, you know. <laughs> I am 54%, 54% white, so I'll allow the inner Karen to come out. <laughs> and I just want to say, I want to add, this is what really ticks me off about teachers, is you guys don't work hard and there's no sacrifices made. I mean, you just you just show up and teach and get paid a whole lot of money. Like, man, that's frustrating <laughs> from a parent's perspective. Mm-hmm. Sarcasm alert. Exactly. Yeah. I always love it when they say, Oh, you guys don't work over the summer. Yeah, we also don't get paid over the summer. And we do end up working. Look at all the shit I've had to do just to make to get a license. And then the work that people have to do to maintain a license. Like grad classes are almost a requirement the whole time you're teaching. So Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Whatever. (laughs) Also, one thing I forgot to mention, but by the time this comes out, it'll already passed. But this weekend, um, we are doing the – this is uh, – you guys can't listen to it. Sorry. Um, and you guys aren't doing it. I'm doing it. Um, but I'll mention it anyway. So DT uh, has the Watt Trivia Discord server, and they are doing a Watt Trivia showdown with all the content creators, or not all of them, but a bunch of content creators um, to do trivia for the first three books, hence why you guys couldn't come. Um, all good. So, yeah, so um, it's going to be uh, on the first three books, trivia for Wheel of Time trivia. Uh, it'll be matched up against a bunch of different creators, uh, podcasters, YouTubers, et cetera, to battle. And uh, my team looks like it's going to be fun. We got, uh, we got Vance from the Gleeman, who's going to be on my team, and Jin and Jess from the White Tower on my team, and... Uh, someone else too, and I, I apologize, but there is someone else on our team too. Um, oh, from the from the from the Wheel of Mind. Um, so yeah, yeah. so Represent. we gonna, yeah, so we're gonna have a, a fun team. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, if nothing else, it's gonna be fun banter and have a fun time. So 
Um, yeah, and someone just posted the name. I don't know how to pronounce that. It's Lajara Sadai. Lajara Sadai from Real Minds um, will be on our team too. So, um, yeah, so apparently we're Team Elida, which I didn't really like the fact that we're Team Elida because um, Elida's from, if you guys remember from Camelot, she was the red sister at the palace. Yeah, yeah so uh, so I think Jin and Jess have already renamed our team, uh, Team Basil Guild. So, you know. Uh, I'm gonna go with that. So we're we're now Team Basil Gill, because uh, because the innkeeper is so much better. At anyway, um, so it's we're the fat the innkeeper, right? The fat one, yeah, one of the fat ones. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah, we're good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so moving right along, we're gonna get right into the episode. So predictions from last week, um, we had a bunch of them. Um, uh, I didn't do the the re Tom one, but yeah, Chris predicted that. I'll say that one, but um. I guess that Tom's going to come back by book three, chapter nine, I think is what it was. Uh, that's what we're at now. So <laughs> Tom's coming back still. That's still a prediction. Um, but um, another one it. is um, Shiriam is Dolores Umbridge. So uh, <laughs> Shiriam, the, the mistress of novices, is actually Dolores Umbridge. I like um, it. There's a crossover with Harry Potter. Uh, Nynaeve is a badass and super powerful, and she's going to do some crazy stuff just because she can, like, copy people and do some pretty bad like throwing the airline across the boat was pretty badass um, oh yeah Celine is still super shady um we still got that going for us and uh Rand's sword might actually be a male angriel that was a prediction Chris made is that maybe the sword is an angriel itself that maybe like swords and different weapons are male angriel so Pretty cool, cool theories, uh, cool predictions. We'll see if they come true. Um, uh, a Harry Potter crossover, I don't necessarily see that coming true, but, you know, hey, we, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there could I have be. another one tonight. Yeah, Nynaeve, uh, yeah. Um, and Nynaeve be super powerful? Maybe, we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be sure. lots of predictions tonight. Um, but we're, we're not with the girls anymore. We are back with the boys, um, at least for the first two chapters. And then the third chapter we're covering tonight, we're with another female, but not, not Nynaeve. So we'll jump right into these episodes, or these chapters, and keep it going. Because uh, it's three chapters. They're not long chapters, but there's a lot to talk about. So yeah, let's go. Chapter 20, Sidene. And we have the icon of the dragon's fang. So, uh, of course, being Sidene, we're going to be talking about the male half the, half the power, right? Yeah. Sounds about right. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Read and find out, Alan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll read my notes and keep going. So, um, so we'll we'll hop right into it. So, uh, you know, they're riding through the night. It's how it starts out. uh, Rand didn't let him sleep because Rand's in charge. Um, And they're on their way to Kyrian. Um, And um, they finally stop. And Celine asks to see the horn again. um, And Rand says no. And you know his whole interchange where Rand actually sticks up to her is like, no, I'm not going over the box. The dagger's in there. I don't want the dagger to expose to us. Uh, it should stay shielded. Um, and they have this little bit of a, a of a tiff or argument about the the horn. She wants to see it again. She wants to see his horn. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you went there because that's totally out of my mind. She's like just. Just pull it out real quick. Pull it out. <laughs> let, me take a, let me take a peek. 
I want to be able. To, I want to be able to picture it later on after I leave here. I want to be able to. I want to, image. The, I want to see it in the sunlight. Yeah. <laughs> see the way it glistens. Oh man, Jordan's <laughs> band. The to, magician with words. <laughs> a, a compliment to Rand. In order to get the horn out, she had to gesture to uh, loyal to to get it out. So that's <laughs> that, that horn is uh, pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, massive. Massive horn. At least, at least, uh, yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> let's talk about this. So, what do you guys think about this whole interaction with, uh, um, you know, Rand and Celine, and and uh, you know, Celine gets all pissed because Rand calls her an Ice and I again. <laughs> it's, well, so, it's, yeah, those were some of the things that I really focused in on. So, first off, how like hyper focused Celine is on the um, the horn, but also how much she wanted him to get rid of the dagger. Mm-hmm. So she definitely knows a whole lot more than she lets on. Um, and I just, the, her her sway over Rand and really all of the guys in the group really intrigues me because I want to know, like, again, I think we had that whole theory that like she has some type of seductive power in her voice or something like that. Um, but the fact that he's able to overcome it with the simple fact that he wants to keep the dagger protected Mm-hmm. Yeah, so his love for Matt is helping him kind of overcome this uh, enchantment, and yeah. yeah, I definitely wrote that little bit in my notes. I also wrote this, and we'll hit on it later. I kind of mumbled this in the last episode, but like I'm feeling it a little bit stronger without any solid proof yet. But I'm I'm kind of I'm starting to link Celine pretty hard to Lanfear, and hmm. and we'll come across a couple other parts where. I don't know. There's some illusions, some hints, maybe, but I've I got that in my notes up front because I well, I just absolutely don't trust her, and it's not just her obsession with the horn or her fear of the dagger, but she's mentioned a couple times to Rand how she just wants to dip with him and ride off together those two, and the two of them are gonna you know have all this power rule the world together sort of thing, and and I think her desire to be with Rand is is legitimate. I don't think it's just her playing his ego. Right. So anyways, yeah. I, I'm, I'm way ahead on that, but the, all throughout this, there's kind of sprinklings where I, it just crossed my mind, like, man, maybe this is it. This is her. The dark prophecy. Yep. Possibly. Possibly. Chris, your thoughts? Well, I don't necessarily think that she is Lanfear. She may be. Like, I'm not quite sure. A uh, minion of Lanford, definitely. I kind of had that same thought um, in my mind as well. And then again, I thought it was interesting too that it was kind of the love for Matt that, or care for Matt that keeps him um, removed from pulling out the horn because he wanted to protect the dagger. Um, mm-hmm. She's definitely able to mesmerize him, and she's definitely mesmerizer enthralled by the horn itself. So I just want to know. And then I want to know why she despises the title Eyes to Die so much. Like, every yeah. time it's mentioned, she goes, like, berserk. And then she just, like, shuts down for, you know, days without speaking to Rand. So, I mean, it was good for him. Mm-hmm. But definitely not something that we should overlook. Yeah. And then also there was the question that I, I want to – kind of have in the back of our minds, but Rand asked the question, what will the price of healing be for Matt? Yeah. Yep. 
So I, we, we know that Jordan likes to drop his little nuggets in his Easter eggs. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I want to know what that yeah. price is going to be. Yeah, and Rand, Rand does think about that, that he's finally done with Aes Sedai, but then he thinks about the dagger. Yeah, he's like, at least I'm finally done with Aes Sedai. And then he thinks about the <laughs> dagger, and he's like, well, maybe I'm not quite done yet. But, um, yeah. But anyway, um, so, you know, they keep on riding through after this this little encounter, and they keep, on, they keep on, and when they finally get to night, they make camp, and Celine's still pissed at Rand, but she's, like, smiling at him, making, like, little smiley faces and stuff like that, and out of the corner of his eye, keeps on seeing her look at him. Um, so it's just it's really, um, I'd say awkward, uh, but, you know, just very uh, <laughs> uh, um, interesting um, interaction between between Celine and Rand. Um, and when, when they when they make uh, when they come to make camp, they see a village. Um, or I guess it's the next day after making camp. The next day they see that village. And Rand wants to stay in the village. Um, but Celine says that it might be dangerous, that, you know, they should avoid. I want to sleep under the stars. I don't want to go in the village. Um, you know, there might be dark friends in the village. Or what if they find out you have the horn? You know, anyone will want the horn. So they might kill you for the horn. So we should just stay out of populated areas. And she's really, really against going to this village. So before we get to this other scene where we see something else, what do you think about this whole Nux interaction with Celine and, and not wanting to be around, I guess, populous areas and people? Gosh, so initially it was, um, you know, we're getting close to what she said is her home. And being around a lot of people, there's the potential that someone might recognize her or know who she actually is. But then I started thinking about it. And if we go back to our theory that she's somehow enchanting these guys, or perhaps she's this hideous old hag, but is making herself seem beautiful, maybe she's only powerful enough to be able to make that work on a few people around her. But if there's a lot of people, it would be harder. Um, So if, if we keep running with, with that thought that, you know, she's this old wrinkled up witch lady casting spells to make it look like she's this super hot woman. Huh. Uh, the, the numbers game of who they're around might play into it. Or she could just yeah. be worried that someone will recognize her. So one, one of those two is kind of where I'm leaning. Sure. I am right there with you. Um, you know, before we really get deep into it, I want to say that I, I do really enjoy looking back at the way we're introduced to the the village. It's like the slow rollout from being up at the King's Dagger, giving way to the hills and everything. And they see the village and everybody's just excited for beds. And like you said, she's like, no, let's sleep under the stars. And Rand is worried more about Fane and she's worried more about the people. So I definitely agree with that idea that she is avoiding people for whatever reason. That, that really is the question is why would she be avoiding people as much as she can? Um, and, you know, I guess we don't really get that answer. So, yeah. Yes. A couple more books. Yeah. We'll get the answer. Yeah. Yes. So, so then we ran see something else. So they're on the way to the village and off the side, there's this giant excavation site and there's a giant statue. They see something large and Rand goes to check it out. And it was like off of a cliff because there's this, you know, it's all dugouts, this giant excavation so I can just pitch this in my head like a mine. You know, like you think about um, some of those old um, um, I, I know we've been up to the mountains of Virginia and they have like these old mines where it's all filled with water you can jump off the sides of the cliff into them because they just dug straight yeah. down. Um, 
um, and it filled with water every years. And yeah, you can jump off these cliffs into them, but yeah, it, it's just a massive wall that he's about to walk off and you see this giant statue and it's a hand holding a giant crystal ball. And they see that the head, they haven't uncovered the whole uh, statue yet, but all of a sudden, like the void just forms and rant like instantly. Um, and he remembers also Bell Doman talking about another statue with a crystal ball on an island somewhere called Shomokin. And, you know, um, but it's drawing Rand in the entire time and Rand just can't break away. And it's like this weird thing that starts happening to Rand. Yeah, um, so it's Satan not- is, is beckoning him. Or Satan, yeah. excuse me. Yeah. And it, it was one of those moments that it came to a precipice uh, above an eva- uh, excavation. And he, he recognized that there were a number of armored men guarding it. And he's like, what? what is it that makes this so important that they're guarding this big crystal sphere? And then they give details about the sphere, how it was, there was no scratches on it. Um, the coloring, it kind of reminds me of the seals almost. Um, but it's too large, I guess, to be a seal. But it kind of alludes to the fact that whenever we have an item that pertains to magic, they're almost always flawless. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it brings the question, was it shaped by the Ogier or was it something that was maybe crafted by um, Aes Sedai? That's kind of where my mind went. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the description of it, a bearded man uh, who was full of wisdom and knowledge. Like, I want to know who this person is. Like, mm-hmm. who was he that they created the statue or uh, revering him? Um, and, and what does what meaning does he have and like you sure. said the void did form instantly is what it said which is interesting because um the only other time i feel like the void formed instantly was when he came up to the pure source of the void at the end of the first book at the eye of the world at the eye of the world so i want to know what the connection between the eye of the world and the pure um form of uh Sadine is in relation to the statue and whether or not he'll have the same reaction anytime he comes upon these statues. Right. So, and it yeah, says the, that, go ahead. Well, the, the main thing I have underlined here and you've hit on it is it says unsummoned the void formed. Um, and, and the way, the way it happened and Sidene glowing around him, reaching out to him, uh, it's not something he initiated, and nowhere in here is Rand talking about the feel of the taint. Uh, whereas before, when he tried to intentionally reach out to it, in some cases, he felt like he had to reach through that oily slick and felt the taint, and he felt gross and nasty and made him sick. Uh, and I've mentioned before that, you know, we saw it at the end of Eye of the World, but maybe there's other ways and other sources where, you know, Rand can connect to this power. Um and and do it without the taint, without going mad and and without going crazy, which might might be what uh makes him a little bit special here. And then I, and one other thing I have to add, um, and I feel sorry for bringing it up, in, in case anybody else has already erased this from their mind, but just so you know, there was a newer Indiana Jones movie, and a lot of us avoided it because people warned us not to. But it had to do with aliens and crystal skulls. 
So whenever <laughs> I start reading about like this perfect crystal that can't be chipped, there's no marks on everything. I, <laughs> I picture the History Channel guy, and I'm like, what is this? He goes, aliens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> aliens, too. Yeah. Well, now I got that crap stuck in my head that aliens are now going to come into this series. So I'll, I'll try and erase that. That's my bad. Sorry to put that in your thoughts, guys. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. So Rain actually tries to let go of the void. It doesn't go away. And then he starts struggling uh, to get away from, you know, from Saeed. And he starts... You know, here's his head, and Sidine just all of a sudden just fills him, and like to the point it's bursting. Like so, it just gets filled with the power, and he starts to mumble um, this phrase. Yeah, and before we go uh, that far, we have to also pay attention to Celine and her yeah. reaction. She like begged him not to go near the statue, and almost it's like she almost sensed him coming into the void, and, I, and we know she has that recognition. Which again, how, why? Um, but she was almost fearful. I don't know if it was for him or for herself because of the power. Like, I want to know why she was so afraid of it. And then you're right. There was that moment to, till the shade is gone, water is gone, into the shadow with teeth bared, to split Sightbringer's eye, power to break the world on the last day. On the last day. <laughs> right and he ends he ends this little chant with a like shout like he starts mumbling that he breaks louder and louder and just shouts and he breaks the void with a final shout you know and it, it stuns everyone and Rand, Rand's just complete haze and then realize the people down below probably heard too <laughs> so they decide let's run away because <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's probably not a good idea to yell when there's armed guards everywhere um but yeah, so what do you guys think about this little saying he had and this whole like, – let's talk about this whole thing before we, we move past this. But There's this back and forth between Rand being able to channel, and when I say that, it's him actively trying to do it for a purpose. And then we've had examples of Rand really just being a vessel that, that the, the power – channels itself through like it's trying to break out um mm. use using him to come out into the world or to you know do whatever deed they need to do at, at this turn of the wheel but uh he was clearly here helpless to to even stop it for a moment you know he, mm -hmm. he was being o overwhelmed by it so it's yeah. interesting to see that back and forth yeah this con concept of reincarnation, um, you know, continuously comes back in my mind. And, you know, we have this idea that Rand is, you know, the dragon reborn, but maybe it just means that Rand is the vassal for the dragon himself. Maybe he won't literally be reborn, but maybe it'll be like a split personality type deal. Or right. maybe he'll lose himself to the dragon as time yeah. goes on. So did, did you guys catch anything of what he was saying? Like does that, that mean anything to you? The whole entire till till shade is gone to water. Like uh, that that part right there really got to me. I I, I don't it, it's very confusing. Um I don't I don't get it. So the shade is gone, water is gone. It's almost like 
until it's like evaporated. Maybe there's going to be a meteor come to the world, or maybe the the sun's going to get closer. Maybe it's who knows. Like none of that made any sense to me. I said into the, the chat. Go ahead. Well, they're spitting in sight sight binders. I. Uh, I mean, we use that language. Uh, what was it? We heard from the. Was it the Tinkers? Yeah, yes. so, yeah. Tinkers, yes. You did hear that 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 phrase for when the when they were telling the story about the Aiel guy that came. The Aiel guy, yeah. yeah, that made it through. Um, mm-hmm. so I guess I'd have to go back and compare them side by side to see if there's any correlation there. But also, when Loyal first met Rand back in Camelot, he said something to Rand. So you might want to go back to your Eye of the World and and read that interaction too. <laughs> so, um, All right. Grab it after this, for sure. Yeah, read, read, read what Loyal says. <clears throat> I'm not going to, but you guys can go back and, and read. <laughs> Loyal so. says, on page 310, Rand, yeah. you're going to say this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, Rand's in a haze. They, uh, Celine is super nervous that people might have noticed, so they, they run away and, and they get into the village. And you get the description of this, of this little village, and they get to an end called the Nine Rings, which was one of Rand's favorite stories as a boy, uh, which we talked about last episode a little bit. Uh, you know, definitely a nod here. Um, the, the Nine Rings were given to men in um, Lord of the Rings. Um, so, the you know, the, the end being called the Nine Rings, and that was Rand's favorite story as a boy. Like, it's definitely a, a Tolkien nod. Um, and I, I'm glad it was just a kind of a quick reference because I was, I was worried. I was like, when we talked about it, then you were like, yeah, it was definitely Nine Rings and Lord of the Rings. I was like, man, if he's just straight thieving like that for storyline, like that kind of takes away from from Jordan's writing ability. But then when I read that, that it was the name of the end and just an old story brand, like I was like, okay, definitely, definitely just a nod, and then we'll move on with with the Jordan version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> There's some things you can't just borrow like that from, you know, major plot storyline stuff from another series and be like, I'm original. Like, no, that's you can yep. name you can name the end. That's totally OK. That's yep. respectful. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So and then the, the chapter ends with Celine asking Rand just to ride away with her. You know, let's just ride away. Let's get let's forget all this stuff. Let's just go away. Just us. We'll do our own thing. And Rand's like, no, I got to say bad. We're doing this thing. <laughs> and we end the chapter. So, final, yeah. So, final thoughts on the chapter, or you know, any anything we missed, or anything you guys want to talk about? Anything you had in the margins of your of your book? Well, I did like that offer that Celine did give. It's like an offer that he refused, which is pretty crazy. Seeing mm-hmm. the fact that he's uh, been wanting to kind of shake things up with her for a while, but. Um, other than that, I don't really have much else in my notes. Okay. Anything else from you, Ian? Uh, when she's trying to convince him to run off with him, she says, uh, think of it, me by your side and the horn of Lear in your hands, and that will only be the beginning, I promise. Yeah, that was the part uh, that got me. Yep, the I, the I promise part is again her knowing much more than she's letting on, which which we obviously know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this is again one of those things where uh, I I kind of wrote 
the possibility of her being Lanfear, like the little bit of the story we know, uh, Lanfear was wanting to be with the original dragon. So I don't know. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yep. So that's how we sum up this chapter. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, moving on to Chapter 21, The Nine Rings. And the icon is the harp, which did you guys think Tom was going to die? before we get into it, hold on. Ha-ha. My highlighting comes into play. What's that? Yes. That was the way of your kind, isn't it? The ogre's voice changed as if he were quoting something. Till shade is gone, till water is gone, into the shadow with teeth bared, screaming defiance with the last breath to spit in Sightbringer's eye on the last day. Loyal cocked his shaggy head expectantly, but Rand had no idea what it was he said. So that was an Aiel saying. Yeah. That's what, that's, what, that's what Loyal said to Rand when he first met him. Yep. So uh-huh. Chris went back read it <laughs> nice <laughs> a minute went by with loyal waiting then another and then his long eyebrows began to draw down in a puzzlement he still waited the silence growing uncomfortably for ran the great trees ran said finally just for something to break the silence <laughs> are they like I, like okay so he's like <laughs> it's like what are you talking about loyal <laughs> yeah he's no, like so, are you so, playing a joke on me sometimes you ailmen think the oddest things are funny. <laughs> so there we go. There's our connection. So yeah, there wow. is. <laughs> and that was word for word. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. So, like so I said, well, then that brings the question, Jordan, what is this Jordan statue? Is, yeah, he's, yeah, Jordan drops nuggets everywhere. So uh, <laughs> let's go back and reread these things. Uh, it's pretty crazy. What does the statue have to do with, or what does uh, Sidar have to do with the ailment? Hmm. Dun dun dun. Sure. sure. <laughs> uh, so that's like the next question right there. It's like, so we don't know much about the Aeolmen and whether or not they're individuals that channel often. Like, were they at one point like major conquerors of many lands? Is this statue an Aeolmen that was like highly revered? Oh, uh, now my mind's like wheeling right now. Thanks for the nugget. We, Thanks for the we just nugget. Have to, we just have to, <laughs> remember, Rand is going to travel over there, and he's going to get all the the tribes, the Io men, to band together for the for the big fight. So it's going to happen. Okay. Yeah. We'll learn about all right. it. All right. So let's go into this chapter. <laughs> you guys can talk about this uh, and think about it and let yourself go crazy all night long now. So um, we'll get into this chapter. Well, now it's like, how can we really keep going forward in the book when we need to go back to the first book every five minutes? And gone. Oh, uh, you'll be doing this for the next 14 books. It's great. Um, so, so chapter 21, the nine rings. We had the heart. Uh, so, uh, you know, with the heart symbol, I, the first question I had, did you think Tom was coming back? <laughs> Oh no, I, I wasn't feeling it here. I, I didn't feel it. 
Okay. Chapter nine of book three. Of book three. Okay. There we go. He, he doesn't listen to us. Remember, he we start talking and he zones out. So he must have missed that, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I missed it. Anyway, so. Yeah, so they go into the inn, and you get a description of, you know, the men in the room, and they're mostly soldiers. They have these weird haircuts. So um, um, Andrew from Black Tower had this haircut for a while, I know. Uh, <laughs> really? That's interesting. Well, because during the twat cast, that was one of the things uh, they did for a donation was delusions uh, 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 got him to shave his head like a Kyrian. Um, so... It's the front half of your head is shaved, and then the back's yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's uh, <laughs> and it's powdered. It's really weird. But yeah, the soldiers have this weird haircut. Um, yeah, and, and the innkeeper's a woman. So this is the first woman innkeeper we've had. And, and she was lean. I was a little nervous about that, but she is older, so I give her some wiggle room with being lean and older. That that's a good health yeah. choice to you know sure. for longevity. Nah, she's easier on the knees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the end, the men were dicing and drinking, so he assumed they were off-duty soldiers. Um, so that's just Rand showing his ability to really read a room, which I'm wondering, like, he didn't do a really good job of that in the beginning of the series, which was mm-hmm. only a book ago. But I guess he's picked up a lot more from Land than what we really paid attention to in the few weeks he trained with them. Um, and then you have the lone man, an officer, boots down with a sword, a single slash of red and yellow across the chest of his coat. So I'm wondering what the, the red and yellow stand for, like where he's from. And then we get to the innkeeper who, it was an old woman, long, she had a long nose, gray hair, but she had a nice smile. Mm-hmm. So um, she also sees Rand's sword. Um and I guess automatically assumes that Rand's a lord. I mean, it's a Heronmark blade. Um, and I like that Rand is not hiding that anymore. And then he's also, it, you see, it, he's not fighting the whole being addressed as a lord thing. Like, it, I, I think he's learning that, you know, it's, it's going to bring them some favors, so he might as well just run with it. Yeah. Which then makes you think, how wickedly smart is Moraine is, is that part of the plan? Like knowing he's going to run off on his own, do his own thing. Like this would actually give him a level up in, in some areas, you know, instead of being a suspect looking sheep herder boy with this hair mark blade, they're like, Oh, finely dressed. Let's treat him politely, feed him, treat him like a Lord sort of thing. So man, she's conniving. Yeah. So they offer, you know, food and a room and um, ask if he's hunting the horn. Because obviously he's not from there, and you know a lot of hunters have started coming through, you know, hunting the horn, and maybe they skipped Ilian and just went straight straight to some place thinking the horn might be there. Uh, and assumes Hiran is their manservant, um, you know, just uh, a servant with them. So I say that was an interesting interaction because she didn't really address Hiran at all, and that was because of her understanding of the officer and the way he treated the lesser people, quote unquote. So I really think that was kind of messed up. I felt really bad for hearing as I read this chapter. Well, this is Jordan starting to give us a little sprinkling of what this new culture is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as they've traveled from place to place, you know, everybody's done things a little bit different and some of their gestures are different and some ways they sing the songs are different, but um, 
you know, here it's much more formal and, you know, clearly the lords and the servants don't sit at the same table. Like mm-hmm. that really threw off when they finally sit down. So mm-hmm. it's giving us a taste of what we're getting ready to walk into. And it's only going to get worse, I assume, as we move into the big city here. Yeah. And and here obviously knows about a lot of cultures because he picks up right away that she's not from Kyrian. And she says she's not. She married a Kyrian and he passed away. She inherited, inherited the end. So, yeah, she was um, better about that, too. She's from Lugar. And she said, yep, my husband gave the money to his brother and gave me the end. She's like tricky and conniving. <laughs> he yeah. was. So this is like it, it's kind of one of those situations where it's like he wanted to make sure the end was taken care of. And he knew his wife could do the best job, whether she wanted to do it or not. He kind of forced her into it. After 28 years of marriage, you would think he'd. At least allow her to go back home, but nope. <laughs> yep. And then you get the strange foods. They have different food there. Um, and I, the best way I can describe it is like sweet and sour pork. Like that's what I kind of pictured it. But yep. they just, yeah, they that's just, what I was thinking—a sweet and sour dish. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, it, but it's something strange and foreign to Rand, but it tastes delicious. You know, gulps it down, and Lil asks for seconds because Lil's gigantic. So uh, <laughs> you know, he 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 needs his food. Um, and at this point, she sees the flute and thinks that Heron must be a musician. Says, well, we haven't had a musician in a long time in our end. You know, it would be great if your manservant would come and play some music for us. And Rand's like, oh, he doesn't play the flute. I play the flute. Uh, and she's taken back by that. She's like, wait, you play the flute? Um, you know, that's, uh, that's not normal for lords to do, but uh, I would never ask apparently you to. Yeah, apparently that didn't happen too often. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what kills me like she keeps doing this forgive me but excuse me but like she's trying to be polite like she knows she shouldn't be nosy but she is nosy as fuck right. she's asking <laughs> everything and it's like she's throwing a bunch of these bless your hearts in there to try and make it okay but like she's all up in their business right well you soon learn this is the Kyran way so after this whole next thing. So Rand starts to play the flute. He says, oh, I'll go play. I haven't played in a while. I'm out of practice, but let's go play. So he starts playing some songs. Soon enough, everybody joins in. They're singing different lyrics like we saw from the first book when you go to different places. You know, different cultures have different lyrics but the same song. Just It changes as they go through different places. And, um, you yeah, know, have a good old time. And once he's done, uh, the officer of the, you know, the guy who's obviously the officer um, of this military group comes over to talk to Rand. So um, before we go on, like, I want to take a look at the flute itself because it really, like, brought my thoughts back to Tom. It's like, how did he get such a nice instrument? I'm assuming it was a gift of his lover. But if not, like, where did it come from? I said, worked gold, chased the silver. This wasn't some cheap instrument. It wasn't wooden. It wasn't a plaything. So, like... It just brings up more mystery to me for Tom. I can't wait for him to come back and explain himself. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, we, we know he played for some pretty swanky people in a pretty swanky court, but that doesn't necessarily mean you've got the money to buy something like that. Yeah, it, like, it, it does seem more like a, a gift from the court or something like that. My ex mm-hmm. had a, a, a gold flute, and that thing costs 11 grand. Dang. Like we are the insurance on our townhouse is pretty high because the instruments she had in that house. Like we had over sixty five thousand dollars worth of instruments in the townhouse. Hmm. Crazy. If you find a 
find a good pawn shop, you can lower your your runner's insurance. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Aldrin Caldeverin, is that how you pronounce it? Caldeverin? Yeah. Caldeverin. Yeah, I think that's it sounds about right. I'm trying to remember how the audiobooks pronounce it, which is not necessarily correct either, but I don't know if I don't pronunciation there. But that sounds sounds close enough. Caldeverin. Vwin. VW Vwin. Caldeverin. Caldeverin. Vwin. Yeah, I'll never pronounce it. Aldrin. He pissed me off a little bit when he comes over and like apologizes for a soldier singing. Yeah. Like they're they're what else they... Go ahead. Yeah. I said, what else are they supposed to do? Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm I'm agreeing with you. Like they're in in having a few drinks and someone's playing music. Like, oh I'm sorry, they're having a good time. Shut <laughs> up, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but, they, like he, but they have this whole entire honor system here, and obviously they, they assume Rand's a lord. He's dressed nicely because he has all this nice, fine clothes that Moraine gave him. Um, so you know he looks like a lord, and I guess in their culture, it's very, very like there's definitely a separation in class system here. But they're yeah. not in um, Kahir, and they're in the the city that they're the little can't call it city, the little area the little that they're in, the little village that they're in. Like he is definitely a douchebag, for lack of better words. I don't know the way of yeah. putting it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Agreed. so they're in the they're in the country of Kyrian. The, the the capital is called Kyrian as well. But yeah, so they're they're in the country of Kyrian. They're not in the city of Kyrian. Yeah, gotcha. not the capital. But yeah, but they're in the they're in the the country. But then he um, starts to test Rand, which is really funny. Yes. Before you get there, though, Rand does ask if he saw. He describes Moraine and Land. That's the first thing he says. And like, no, I didn't see anybody like that. And <laughs> then he starts then he starts to test Rand. It's like he asks Rand what his name is. Um, he comments on Rand's sword and you know, starts to quiz him about Endor. So yeah. He specifically t- tests him about Garth. Uh Rian. Garth Brin, yeah. And like I love Rand's response because it's like, dude, you you clearly have some type of ulterior motive. So let me just go ahead and put you down real quick. Like, I know this guy. Yes, he's old enough to be your father. Why, why are you questioning me? So he didn't yeah, pick yeah. up on it. Clearly, he still picked up on it. Yeah, clearly you don't know what you're talking about. Boom. Like, throws but, it back at him. But is the officer asking misdirected questions on purpose to see if, you know, Rand might have heard of the guy versus actually... Oh, yeah. No, interrogation 101. Like, he's trying to verify some of Rand's story about his origins, where he's coming from. Um, but, you know, as the conversation goes on, he, he keeps prodding and asking questions in such a way to see what he can get out of them, find out more about where they're going. And then, not not to jump ahead, but ultimately mm-hmm. forces Rand into this situation where his men can keep an eye on him. I mean, this guy's just total douche. I mean, yeah, Chris, you said it really well. I love how he tries to switch attention to Celine, and then all of a yeah. sudden, conveniently enough, there's an incident. So I have a question: like, did Celine cause the twinge in yeah. the arm of yeah. the the maiden, and cause her to drop the lamp? Ooh! Like we realized the attention was being switched to her by somebody who is from the same area that she claims to be from. So once that happened, she could have easily been outed as not being a lady of the land, which have really put some suspicion on her. So then it's like, 
did she cause the maiden to like mishandle the lamp and cause the fire? That way the attention would leave her but go to the maiden. And then she also gave herself an excuse to leave the room, removing herself from everybody. And then she conveniently enough asked for her own room. I, I think, you know, it's one of those things where um, a friend of mine mm-hmm. always says, a single coincidence may occur, but multiple is not a coincidence at all. Yeah. Gotcha. And also, yeah. hey, don't 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 move us on yet, Alan, because that opens so, a can <laughs> of worms. Like, if if she's dodging mm-hmm. having to verify who she is, where she's from, which everybody could read into the questions from from this guy. That that's what was happening, right? Mm-hmm. And she misdirects so she can avoid it. Then why is it? Is it because she's not really from there? That's an option. Or is it that she is from there, but from a long fucking time ago? I was going to say that you said the words literally out of my mind. Like, maybe she's not from the same time. And and Lanfear was how long ago? Are we talking thousands? But we're also talking... So, I mean, the force that I can't really... But here's well, the other thing. Like, we're locked in the prison for 3,000 years. How do we know she didn't come back in time? True. And remember, Jordan uh, opened up this possibility with all these mirror worlds. Maybe she's from there, but like we hinted, maybe it's from a mirror world and she knows it's going to be slightly different. (laughs) Time travel. So that just doesn't (laughs) roll off the tongue as well. And you put TTS on a shirt like TTs. You know, people are going to be like, "Oh, come on, man!" It's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, talk to speak, but but <laughs> anyway, um, talk to speech. Uh, so, yeah, so do, did, Ian, do you See, think I didn't that catch she it when I was reading? But or... once Chris started saying it, I was like, like he said, it's too much to be coincidence. And even the innkeeper lady is talking about, well, she's dropped a, a dish or two, but never something like this. So this is even way out of character for this girl. Uh, the the maidservant, what, what are they calling her? Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah definitely, maidservant. Definitely, yeah, definitely. So yeah, so she goes off, she requests her own room, which the innkeeper thinks is a little suspicious too, but you know, thinks that she's mad at Rand or whatever and says, yeah, and we'll get to that later in the chapter, but she leaves, exits scene left and or stage right, and um, and Rand then turns back to the officer and asks about the statue. Um, and the officer gets super suspicious real fast. You know, he answers the question, but, you know, but it's definitely changes demeanor immediately. He's, you know, he says, you know, as far as they know, the statue is from the age of legends uh, and the king wants it moved to the capital. You know, and, and that's yeah, I got to back it up real quick, though. The statue. And this has absolutely nothing to do with anything we've been talking okay. about. Uh, but I underlined the line where he was talking to Celine, and he says, "Lady, and forgiven, forgive me for speaking so, but Grace has surely favored you." So I underlined that, and I'm 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 keeping tabs on that. Whenever I get back uh, or the opportunity to write a a note or a letter to a lady friend, I'm definitely working that line in there. That's some smooth butter shit right there. It was, but you know what it also did to me? <laughs> it made me wonder whether or not she has some type of enchantment around her. Yeah, no, it adds to it. Because it's always the men that seem to be drawn in. Yeah. 
and the mm-hmm. closer they get, like if you see every time that she has these interactions with the guys, and I put that in the term of like even loyale, it's always in close proximity. And the closer yeah. they get, the more drawn to her they are, and the more they can remove themselves from it, the less drawn. So that like right. gives way to some form of enchantment in my mind. And it may not be that she herself has the power, um, but maybe she, an article that she has on, maybe something she's wearing, maybe it's something that she's using, maybe, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. But it, it kind of lends to that idea because he's like drawn to her to the point where, you know, if you are a truly noble person, that's really the last thing you're going to do is to start talking about another man's wife right in front of them. Like right. yeah. them's fighting words, you know what I mean? It, see, it seems out of line. <laughs> and so he's... in the merchandise <laughs> store, as I said, we're going to yeah. bottle up and sell a Perfume de Celine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so um, we get this next scene or whatever, like I said, with Rand asking about the statue. Well, going back um, to any thoughts on all that? What, what before rich people to... do. Like he's really braggadocious about the fact that he has like 500 men digging this out. And that Galdrin, is that how you pronounce it? Or Galdrain, wants this, the statue in the capital himself yeah. as a monument for the house of Ryzen. Like he just, he's flexing big time, mm-hmm. which is pretty funny to listen to. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a status. So, you know, Rand goes to oh, go yeah, to like, his go room. Before he does, the innkeeper leads over to <laughs> Rand, gives him. Yeah, she's, she's like, like it would probably be good if you just go up there and knock on her door. I'm sure she'll let you in. You just need to go tap that. Just tap lightly. Like, yeah, go, 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 so yeah, so uh, Rand says he'll share his room with his manservant, which confuses the innkeeper again because um, she doesn't understand why he would do that. Rand turns yeah, to the we, others we about, the the cat, uh, about the captain. He, uh, he turns to the here and the great game. Yeah, I Mars. love this. So <laughs> right, which is which is it's which this, called, this right called here, the game of houses. This line right here. Um, so that's one thing that, where Martin ran off and wrote Game of Thrones. Th- this this concept right here was it. Yeah. So this actually did come out before Game of Thrones. Yeah. So Game of Houses, uh, which is a dangerous game, and you can die playing the Game of Houses. Um, this this uh, it sounds a whole lot like Game of Thrones, and yeah, this was written. This is the second book, so I think it. Yeah, it was lit- written before. That's awesome. Uh, game of Thrones was written. But yeah, so one thing that one thing that they're always they're worried about though uh, that a lot of fans have been worried about is when they get to this in the show. Like, are they going to have to change the name of this so people don't think that they're trying to to copy Game of Thrones? Even though, because like the average person hasn't read the books, it's watching the TV show. You know, might think that think oh, you're just can. trying to copy. It's Thrones. very unique to. Um, I mean, they can use the name and then just give it as a, a description instead of saying the Game of Houses just stick to the great game and then the idea of maneuvering for advantage i mean that pops up in every single fantasy novel ever written yeah 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 
and chat came, chat came through. So the Great Hunt was 1991 as well as published. Yeah. And Game of Thrones is 1996. Precursor. So definitely. So anyway, so Days Demar, and you learn a little bit about the game and loyal. You know, it says it isn't a game at all. Um, it, it's basically po- politics on crack. Like I mean, it's just insane politicking. Um, and and everyone in Kyrian plays it. Um, where they're just trying to like jostle for position by by doing these different things, trying to one like, up each you other. Know, basically, like just it, exactly trying to one up each other, try to test each other all the time, and trying to do like put traps for people to fall into so they would lower their status and yes, ratio. Yeah, this crazy. Yeah, do you all know how this started? I'll give you a little backstory, and you might not have known this, Alan, even those those of y'all out there that have read this a bunch of times. Uh, way back in the day, this is like the first turning of the wheel. Um, old, old Lady Hinckley, uh, she was bored, so she invited some of the neighborhood ladies over for a potluck. And they all brought the same dish. Like, it wasn't planned, but they all brought the same dish. And then uh, everybody liked one of it, one of them more than anything else. And she was like, oh, shit, that's awesome. And all the other ladies got like super jealous. So then they try to one up it. And then the next lady had a barbecue. So now they're grilling. And a couple weeks later, people are getting their heads chopped off and someone's building a statue and it just escalated from there. But it started with a potluck. And I think everybody brought a, a macaroni salad. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's what started this, you know, thousands and right. thousands of years ago. It just continues to the point where it's Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I figured I'd, I'd fill people good, good in. backstory on how this all started. Uh, yeah. <laughs> good, good deal. Um, yeah, and, and Rand's just trying to figure out what all this all means. And you learn that the game's really dangerous, that people actually die over this game. Uh, they do actually you know, poison, kill people. Um, and Rand goes to bed kind of just wondering about what it all means. You know, what this, what's this guy's motive? What's this officer trying to do? And you get to the next morning. So before we do the next morning, anything we want to talk about before we, we wake up? I know we got a lot of book left. I'm kind of curious how much of this okay. game we get exposed to. All of it. But, I mean, we're already getting pulled into it with this escort coming up. Uh, like it's this is not this is not too okay, spoilery, yeah. but there's a whole chapter sure. called Days Tomorrow. So I'll let you know that. It comes later, guys. <laughs> it's a chapter title. Um so um yeah, so next morning they wake up. Uh, Celine is gone. She left a letter. Um, basically, um, it, it's sealed. It has a seal on it uh, that has the, the moon, the stars on it. And she says that I'll meet you in Kyrian. Um, and that's it. So that's all. No idea where she went. She's just gone <laughs> saying that she'll, see, she'll meet him in the city. So thoughts about Celine sneaking out uh, i underline the the wax being impressed with a crescent moon and stars uh i couldn't think if we've run into that similar uh, similar imagery before but i'm curious if that represents something or if we find out more on that later might 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 be uh okay. the the bat signal for land fear i don't know yeah, that was a detail I didn't pay much yeah. attention to. Anything for you, Chris? What about... the stamp was, but we know it's normally symbolic. But I, you know, for me, it was just like she left because there's too many people. Which goes back to my original theory of her trying to hide something. What we don't know. I mean, for all we know, she could be some princess, like 
waiting to be rescued from some evil trap, or she could be the evil herself. She could be the trap. She could be pulling them in with her wop and calling it a day. <laughs> it's a trap. So they get outside. The captain's there, already waiting with all the soldiers, um, and says, hey, we're going to escort you to Kyriad. And, and Rand agrees, and he's like, well, where's, where's, your, where's your lady? And Rand's like, oh, yeah, she left last night. And he's, like, super surprised. And Heron, like, whispers over to him. He's like, yeah, uh, they watched the end last night. Uh, she, there's no way that – I don't know how she got out. Yeah, I think it's surprising. Like, sure I noticed no the horse was gone. How Which, did the horse go? But he knew she was gone already. He was just pissed off that he didn't know that she was gone. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, this is has, the first moment where I gave it, like an so, air high five, yeah, a mental Chris. high five to Celine, and then also to Ran because they tagged him this nicely to make this dude look like an asshole. Uh, because not only did she sneak, she did the hard work. She snuck out yeah. right. Uh, and when Ran said this, when he delivered the line, mm-hmm. he was a bit naive. He didn't really, I guess, realize that the end was being watched. But he was just very straightforward direct like matter of fact like yeah she left she she had to go to you know pretty quick during the night so she just deuced out and i could just picture the look on this guy's face like an immediate what the how did this happen what's well, not hard but you can shimmer ayo <laughs> yeah but what does it take to make your Ooh. horse shimmer with you that's hmm. well, i mean it didn't say they were watch- watching the stable they were watching hmm. the end hmm. We don't know if That's the stable true. is located. And if you got yeah. the win, if you got yeah. the end on lockdown, then she shouldn't be able to get to the stable to get to the horse without somebody knowing. Interesting. <laughs> Whispers to the younger yeah, lieutenant and it's actually anyway. cursing him to flip out like how the they're gonna happen. I thought you said they were watching. I want somebody mm-hmm. hugged tonight. <laughs> and then he sticks uh yeah. Elrican <laughs> to Valen. Yeah. Yes. Sure. <laughs> well, we'll make that up as Sounds we go. Good. So he gives him an escort. No, he's an electrician and he's traveling. He's a traveling electrician. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we we end with them all heading down the road towards Kyriad, and then we end the chapter. So they, they leave the end. They're heading towards Kyriad with this big escort with soldiers and everything all in tow. So... That's the end of this chapter. I'll give kudos to Rand for just going along with this confidently and kind of playing this Lord role right now. Um, Obviously, you know, he talked with his friends when they went to bed. They had their suspicions. They're not fans of it. They don't want to get caught up in this game. But, uh, you know, if Rand tried to back out or make excuses to not go with him, that would have been suspicious. So if you're going to go with it, just do it with confidence. Hold your head high and be like, yeah, bro, escort me. Let's go. And and that's kind of how he, he went with it. So I'll give Rand some props. I mean, it might not end well, but at this point, I mean, what else can you do? You got to give Loyal some props, too. This is the first lie that I've heard himself that I know of. He's like, oh, yeah, I got to keep about- the books close. Yeah. Yeah. And it was timed. It was perfect. Yeah. Just, yeah. Well, hold, hold yeah. on, hold on. I feel like I have Good to defend deal. Loyal here. So, yeah, that's the. He didn't say I have my books in there. He just said that he likes, you know, he needs to have his books close to him, which technically could be true. Maybe he's got them in his coat pocket and other places that he keeps close to him. So it it wasn't 
the truth that guy was looking for. But the form of the truth. I love it. Yeah. Let's not say he lied. He he did some misdirection and answered in his own way. All right. All right. Moving on to chapter 22, Watchers. And the icon is the dagger, uh, which was interesting because we have nothing to do with Matt or the dagger in this chapter. But eh, I guess it's, they, they're like, what, what, what do we put here? I don't know. Just throw a random icon in here. Um. <laughs> no, that's not true. Shadow Logoth was talked about quite extensively. Good point. Yeah, good point. Yeah, Shadow Logoth is talked about a little bit. In there. But yeah, so. so so we have a Moraine chapter. We haven't seen Moraine in a long time now. It feels like a long time, at least at the speed we're going this podcast. So, you know, she was in the beginning of this book, and then she just kind of deuced out, just like, peace, I'm gone. Um, and we have no idea where she went, but apparently she's all up in Arafel, which... Um, I don't know if you guys have your maps handy, but it's mm-hmm. nowhere close to anywhere where they are. It's up. It's one of the borderlands. It's uh, a small uh, army community outside of Tilfin's Well. Mm-hmm. Oh, so they're not far from Shinar and Valdara. She didn't travel too far. Yeah, she just so when they were all going south towards Tarval, and like like she just went, yeah, basically over west. Gotcha. So yeah, so that's what she did because she went over this little small farm, like Chris was saying. Because there's these two Isodai's that, that live in the middle of nowhere. Uh, one's green, the other one's brown. Well, it, and, there's a green slash brown and a brown, yeah, and a brown. Yes, <laughs> and they have a bunch of old books there. So Marine's there, like basically doing research. Well, that's not leave like literally the first couple of moments. The statement: nothing is happening as expected. It's like the wheel is turning, but it's taken a different path. Like mm-hmm. maybe we are in the end of the turning of the wheel. Sure. Yeah, it's not going to follow similar patterns as before. This is the no. big one. Yeah. Whammy. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be hard to predict. And so she's in a room full of manuscripts with Lan. And she's just yeah. doing research and she's not very happy. Yeah. And it describes like they like no one in the village suspects that these are Aes Sedai living there because I guess they're older Aes Sedai. Even though you had the ageless face, they look older because they're super old Aes Sedai. Um, and even the warder, like they describe the one warder that's still alive and he's old too. But, Tendons and bones and yeah. that's about it. Still strong as ever, but yeah, he's, he's old. So basically they're, they're just in the middle of nowhere. Um, and, and Moraine's basically trying to research the end of the world. She's she's researching all these different things, uh, you know. And, and they, they go through the connections. That's the big thing. She's trying to find connections for all these things that are popping up, and right. trying to find out how the dragon might be connected to it. Right, and it lists off a lot of the books and stuff later. I think in the chapter or the types of manuscripts she's looking at. But uh, mm-hmm. before we get there, we had this interaction with Lands. Lands the there first meeting of with Land. <laughs> yeah, so so Lands there, and and she asked, you know, do do we do we you know do you remember when we first met? Um, I remember. Yeah, and you know, asks about that whole you know. So how can yeah, I? Yeah, she's like Land. You threw me into a pond. It was uh, 
in what the bordermen call the new spring. She goes, I nearly froze. And he's just like, well, at least I built you a fire. And I even put blankets around you so you had some privacy. And then mm-hmm. she retaliated and dumped half a pond on him. <laughs> he's like, yeah, that was the way to find out you were nice to die. Thanks a lot. Very subtle. Right. <laughs> And then she, you know, asks, you know, does your bond grind on you yet? You know, and I think she's hinting at, you know, she's seen the interactions between Lan and Nynaeve. Yeah. And, and she's like, you know, do you still want to be bonded to me? Like, you know, what's, how does it feel? And then before he can even answer, she's like, well, let me just tell you my the arrangements that I've made for you. Um, you know, so if I die, your, your bonds automatically be passed to another Aes Sedai. And Lan gets... Yeah, compelled. and you'll be compelled. Yeah, compelled to go find out this new Aes Sedai. And Lan is pissed. He's like, he's like, no, like, and over hundreds of like, I think it's just hundreds of years. Like, no warders ever had had their bond passed, and then without their permission. Like, this is super not cool. <laughs> and lands on Lan's head. Like, he's like, what? I'm just. Yeah. You know, I'm just basically Have we like seeing this term guiding used often. Guiding. So that's old. Yeah. That's the old tongue for water. Um, yeah. But yeah, they call guidings the old tongue for, for a water, but yeah. I, don't well, know I we, think it's funny that that the term has been reused now. Now that we're talking about the bonding, we're talking about the essentially leashing. She even makes the statement, you've like been least, loosely leashed. Mm-hmm. I've allowed you to choose freely, and you still speak with humility. So it's like she's showing her respect, but at the same time, she's like, you know, I can, I can and will compel you to do what I want. And when I die, there are arrangements and you will be compelled to do so. That way you're not dumb enough to attempt to avenge my death. My mm-hmm. death. She's like, I will not allow you to return to the blight either to fight your frivolous fight, which is one and the same, whether you understand that or not. Yeah. yeah. And then it goes I, back, I, like, do you think you're going to die soon? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I struggled with this part because when she first mentions, you know, compelling him that he'll be compelled to seek her out immediately before I even read his response, like I thought in my head, I was like, compelled? Like, how... How could you do that to Lan? That's pretty effed up. And y'all know, like, the respect I have from from Lan. I've commented on it a lot. Lan's the man. Uh, one of the one of my favorite male characters in this book for sure. Um, and I almost thought to myself, like, why on earth would you need to compel him? Like, just have the conversation with him. He's one of the most duty bound and loyal people. If you just talk to him about it and tell him what needs to be done, he'll do it. But then immediately. She gives really good reasons why. Like I could also see out of duty, uh, Lan wanted to re- avenge her death, or mm-hmm. Lan even wanting to get back to the fight in the blight, or Lan running straight to Nynaeve uh, too soon when Nynaeve isn't ready. Well, yeah, so um, that was kind of where my mind was going. Was like the, on the vein of Nynaeve. Maybe he would not go back to her because he would go back to her for the wrong reasons. Right. Yeah. And so she's so going like to make it, sure that he goes back. Maybe it's for his own happiness. Oh. Right. But still taking free will away from a guy like that is, it rubs me the wrong way. But like, I, mm-hmm. God, I get it. So I, I was torn here reading this part here. Yeah. Her little lap dog. 
Yeah, it's it's a little messed up. I mean, it's it, it when when you get more into the bond, and we'll get into this more as the story goes on. It's it's a very powerful thing, obviously, and um, you can just tell by this interaction. And to do it against your will is, you know, akin to uh, use the word like mind rape. You know, like forcing yeah. you to do something, yeah, that you don't want to do, and it's just it's against your will. Um, so yeah. Um, he's he's definitely pissed, and he demands to know who it is. And it's Mariel of the Green. Um, he's like, she already has three warders. He's like, exactly why I picked her because she can handle people like you. Uh, you know? mm-hmm. um, and but he, even she was only to temporarily have him. He's ultimately right. to be passed by someone else, right? And she wouldn't say who else that someone else was. Well, you know what? I have a thought. I think it's more or less the competition between Egwene and Nynaeve. Whichever of the two rise to the highest of the rank will be the one that needed the most. Yeah, or, or rises to serve Moraine's and the Amerlin's purposes better. Correct. Yeah. Right. So, so one might be stronger than the other, but one might lean more towards doing things a different way or chasing a different path. And, so there's part of me that hopes that she seeks his happiness and sends them to um, Nynaeve. Yeah. And there's the other side that's like, you know, means must ju- ends must justify the means or whatever. Okay. And so she's going to send him to the one that's going to do the work that needs to be done. Because once he's free, he could then be a man. Right. And, and Lynn yeah. even asked, you know, well, who do you have in mind after Morel? You know, who, who, who do you have in mind? She didn't answer him. She just said, you know, she changed the subject and says, you know, I need to ask you a question. And Lynn, I think, thinks she's going to ask about Anive, but instead she asks about Rand. Says, you know, why did you teach Rand all that stuff? You know, I didn't tell you to do that. Like, what, what, you know, Lynn's like, it just seemed right. Uh, seemed like, you know, the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe because he's Tiberian, like he was, you know, kind of drawn to do it for his sake. I like Which is probably the, probably the behind it. What's that? Yeah. That Nynaeve has got a hold of Lynn. And maybe yeah. maybe the whole like idea of the bonding, maybe a bond can be stolen hmm. by a more powerful Aes Sedai or by an a stronger attachment to an Aes Sedai. <laughs> and like that's kind of the thought that Nynaeve is or that um Moraine is going down. And she's just like, you know, there Nynaeve goes again. Like she's got you enthralled in her and now you're helping her people because when you originally entered into the two rivers, you had no thoughts of light towards these folk. And throughout the entire first part of the first book, he was really indifferent. But then he developed this relationship with her and then he started to develop a relationship with the others. So you know, we know that whenever an Aes Sedai heals somebody, they have an impact on them, but maybe there's another way of connecting. Maybe the bonding is a little bit deeper than what we have been made aware of up to this point. Well, come on. L- love is a humdinger, and guys are like notorious for just doing all sorts of dumb shit for it. Uh, so this... I would say this is not only a fair conversation to have, but this is probably the best 
communication any characters in this book have had so far about any issue that's come up. Like Moraine beats around the bush a little bit, but she's still point home. And it's and it's a good point. You know, Moraine's got some pretty significant stuff going on, and she has this warder that for so long has just done whatever she asked, no questions asked. She knew he would be there the moment she needed him. But now she has to worry, is there going to be a split second where instead of thinking about his, his duty to her, that Nynaeve crosses his mind and maybe hesitates? And, and that can affect her life, even his life. The, and, and probably from Moraine's perspective, more importantly, it could affect the overall mission, you know, because she mm-hmm. seems to put that first. So that, it's a conversation that needs to be had, and, and they're having it. So kudos to them. Uh, hopefully people can learn from this in this book and start talking about their issues. <laughs> I mean, she even admitted to, to jealousy. Yeah. So we'll get to that in a second. Cause before we get there, Moraine dismisses Lamb before as Lance walking away, she she asks him, you know, um, you know, do you dream of something else? And his answer, I love his answer. It's, you know, all men dream, I, but the <laughs> yeah. sword is the reality, but the sword is the reality. Yeah. But this is reality. He points to the sword. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and then, you That's know, tough. of course, then he leaves and, and Moraine thinks about how Nani's putting cracks in land and, and how she it feels jealous for the first time. You know, she, she feels jealousy for the first time where, you know, Land's been with other women. It's never, but this is different. Like, she feels like she's losing her order, whereas, eh. yeah. So, yeah, so at this point, yeah, Vandy comes in, um, and, you know, before that, you know, Moraine does think that he'll ask at some point for his bond to be released at some point and kind of come to terms with the fact that at some point, Land's going to ask to be released from the bond. Um, not that she's happy about that, but she thinks that's coming. And then you get to the scene where, where Van Dien comes in and, and you get all the books on the tables, and they kind of go through everything that, that Moraine's looking through and asking questions about. Yeah, she's hitting so, on the Forsaken. She's hitting on Shadar Logoth. She's hitting on the Dragon Prophecy. She, um, Van Dien, it's like you, you kind of have everything here. Like, what are you looking for? <laughs> yeah. 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 So many subjects. The Trolloc Wars, the Watchers Over the Waves, The Legend of the Return, the tre- two treaties on the Horn of Valir, three on, turn the page, Dark Prophecy, and Light. Here's Santor's book on the Forsaken. Nasty that. Like, literally everything that's kind of going on has been hinted at that we've heard about up until this point. She's trying to dig deep and connect the dots. Yeah, and then she says, you know, is the horn linked to the dragon at all? And she says, no, not that I know of. Uh, I've never seen anything where the horns, all we know is the horn has to be found before the last battle, but it says nothing to do with the dragon. And then it says, what about Tome and Head? Um, anything about Tome and Head? And she says, yeah, there is one line where it says the five, five will ride forth and only four will return. And above the watchers shall he proclaim himself. Um, bannered across uh, the sky with fire. Um, and then they talk about, you know, what does the watchers mean? You know, watching the waves, or is it? Uh, so they're kind Don't of stuck. Wrong. So they're thinking about, like, what's above Toman Head? So if you look at a map, they're like, could it be? Um, so Toman Head, Arid Domain, or Saldea. 
I think of the two that you list out that maybe something like that. Like the, and they said, well, you know, there is a, a, another person that claims to be the dragon that's been marching through Saldea. Um, so maybe it's something to do with him. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think yeah. we have to worry about that quite so much. He will be right. taken care of the same way Logan was. So it was just like, huh, what do you know that we don't know? Yeah. And then asked if there's anything the prophecies about Shatter Logoth. And she's like, why would, she's like, no, why would you even ask that? Shatter Logoth's a nasty place, you know, it just destroys everything, you know. You get a little more backstory there that, you know, they try to create, uh, I guess, a power to destroy the Shadow Spawn, but it destroyed everything. Um, well, and then she also asked the question, what would a fade be after in Shadow Logoth? Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. What would a right. fade be after? And then we get Lanfear, mm-hmm. Lanfear, the daughter, daughter of the night, was always linked to the dragon. Mm-hmm. Lots of dragon talk. Yeah. And so that comes back into my theory if we're convinced that Rand is the dragon reborn and Lanfear being drawn to him. And some of the comments that Celine has been making and want to run off with him and be with him. And that that's kind of sticking to my theory there. Like I said, not a whole lot of solid uh, evidence here, but enough to pique my interest. Yeah. And then you get the whole thing about land. We have that. This is where, uh, where it's like, you know, land is... Uh... There's a rumbling in him, and he will erupt soon. You should take care of that. <laughs> he's, he's got some swelling in his uh, groin area, and maybe Moraine has something that she can put on that to help reduce that swelling. So, yeah, so you're suggesting that, um, that, that Moraine uses a special ointment. On land. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going to let that one go. Wow. I think I was saved by Discord there. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that maybe Moraine should do something with land. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So Moraine decides to go take a break. She goes out to the garden to think, uh, you know, just uh, go walk around. So before we get to this next amazing scene, um, any final thoughts about this whole what she's researching, all this interchange, all these different little bits of information we're getting here. Because it's uh, a lot. It is. Let's see. I mean, I had questions uh, even about these two sisters out here, the Aes Sedai. Like, we're, we're so, all throughout this book, we're just supposed to assume so much, but like, Moraine trusts them, but can they be trusted? Like, yeah, Moraine doesn't trust them enough where they're in on her plan. Uh, they don't know as much as her or um, the Amerlin or uh, whoever else. What's what's that other Brown that kind of figured it out? Oh, Varen. Varen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she doesn't trust them enough to like let them know everything that's going on. So is it is it possible they're going to run back to somebody else? And share this information about what Moraine is doing, what she's looking into. Like, I, I worry for Moraine now. This is like, this is me showing Moraine some love. Like, is she exposing herself too much to people that aren't on the inside circle? You know, she's she's risking being found out by some of her sisters. Yeah. So I kind of had a few just like things 
that I was thinking about. Like the first off is, you know, what is uh, Saldea's role? You know, he's an, a, yet another false dragon. Unless we have this understanding that Rand is the dragon reborn, but maybe he's not. Maybe he's something greater. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we, we have not sure. had like 100% confirmation that he is indeed the dragon reborn. So, yeah, it just seems yeah. to fit some prophecies and some things that Moraine was kind of sensing was coming. But mm-hmm. again, on any of this, how do we know for sure? Yeah, we're just going yeah. by people's gut right now. And we know yeah. we know that you know none of our our individuals are all knowing, and she's searching for answers to questions that she now has. That why would she have? You know, yeah, there's too many question marks. Maybe again, Rand is something greater. Maybe there is another dragon coming. Um, Tarman Gaiden was another just note that I had written down. Yeah, Tarman Gaiden. That's uh, old tongue for the end of the world. Uh, for the yeah, gotcha. basically like Armageddon. Gotcha. That's their that's tar, Tarman Tarman Gaiden is their is their old tongue for basically Armageddon. But it's the last battle. Got you. Yes. We know that like um, Loghain and now this uh, Saldea are able to channel. Like we've got two men channeling less than a year. Mm-hmm. Men are now channeling a lot more regularly. So what's what's the change? What's the difference in the turning of the wheel this time that men are channeling so much? So I kind of had that mm-hmm. thought. Like, And now we've got these statues being uncovered that link people directly to the power a little bit greater. So maybe that has something to do with more men channeling. Aliens. Mm-hmm. Aliens. <laughs> aliens. It's always aliens. Always. Always. So yeah, so now we get to this next scene. So Moraine's in the garden. She's walking around thinking, and she hears a like sand crunch behind her. She thinks it's land. She spins around and turns to talk to him again. And it's a tall man who's pale and has big eyes and then it spreads its wings and it's a drakkar um so we learn more about drakkar you know we, we haven't heard from these things since the first book when they're in barrelon and they're flying over them and <laughs> shrieking at them and tracking them but we learn a little bit more about their power so if they get close enough to you this they can disappointed cre- me uh, what disappointed you <laughs> It makes me think that Rawlings stole some stuff. That makes things. That makes that. It really oh, that, that. does. It just takes my entire childhood and goes, "Huh, she stole something else." <laughs> She's a Jordan <laughs> fan. She could have at least turned me on earlier. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there is some parallels between Harry Potter and Wheel of Time. Wheel of Time is older. There's yeah, there's a whole lot. <laughs> Like I, I, I don't know if J.K. Rowling ever admitted that she read Wheel of Time, but there's definitely a lot in there. That, but anyway, so yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, so it it can croon to you or sing to you and put you in a trance where you can't do anything but come to it. And if it actually kisses you, you know, puts its lips on you, it drains your soul. Uh, basically, the the you know the. Death. Something it, death worse than death. Exactly. It's the same thing the Dementors do. The Dementors do, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, um, what do you think? What do you think? They the, even called the Drakkar's kiss. It was called the Dementors' kiss. 
I'm like, oh, you just ruined my entire childhood. She was the best. She made billions of dollars, so she's still more successful. But, yeah. So, but but Chris, more importantly, the song that the drag car sings, what, what do you think it sounds like? You know, I didn't give much thought to that. I think you maybe never it's... close your eyes anymore. Any... <laughs> <laughs> no tenderness like before in your fingertips. You're Keep trying going. not to show it, but baby, baby, oh, I know it. it. <laughs> You've lost that love and feeling smooches her, drains her soul. Whoa, that the sorry, okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty much uh, that, that's the track. Our song now <laughs> is uh, well, I, was brother. Use, I was gonna use Kiss the Girl, but like I just used that last episode, so I mean, gotta mix it up a little bit. Yeah, someone else has said, someone else in chat said Total Eclipse of the Heart, uh, would be a good one as well. Uh, <gasps> come on, our come on, Eileen. <laughs> no, how about, how, about, how about Wicked Game? Ooh, that's a good one too. Yeah, yeah dun, Wicked Game by Chris Isaac. Yeah, down down. Man, what a wicked game you play. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> feel this way. So, you know, let's just karaoke episode over. Yeah, yeah, let's karaoke the rest of the time. Um, so um, we're, we're gonna be shut down for copyright infringement and singing too much. But uh, <laughs> is that a thing? I don't know. Who cares? Sue us. We have, I think, like thirty dollars in the bank account. Go for it. Um, <laughs> so, so um. Oh, let's see. So yeah, so Marine is like being drawn in. It's like Marine's gonna die right now. Like that's that, that she's getting closer and closer and closer. And then out of the corner of her eye, she sees a flash, and a sword comes right over her shoulder. And before she even react to it, another sword comes from the other shoulder, and it's both the warders on your side of her jamming swords into the Drakkar. And it turns to the to the warders and starts trying to croon to the warders. At this point, Moraine comes to and she's trying to pull the swords. But before she even do that, they both at the same time say embrace death and just plunge their swords in, killing the Drakkar, which is so badass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't wait for this scene. This is going to be the best scene of season two so far. Yeah. Yeah. And all so. I can see is a Dementor getting stabbed. Oh, uh. Or death. If you look at the uh, detail of the Beely Bards and you see the image of death, this kind of reminds me of that too. Those of you that are Harry Potter fans, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So okay, yeah, so what So what do you guys think about this whole scene with the Drakkar? The fact that the Drakkar was warded kind of now mm-hmm. goes back to Ian, I, I can't completely agree with you when it comes to Lanfear being Celine because Celine is a distance away with the rest of the crew. Like she just left them. There's no way she, well, she could have, I guess, like traveled all the way that far to then also find where Moraine is. And but you're then, assuming. You're assuming it was Celine who did it. Didn't our red Aja, the jerk of a lady, didn't she disappear also and not travel back to Tarvalon? She did. Leandrin did not. She dis- dis- yeah, she yeah, disappeared as well. 
maybe she's our black Aja. That's what I was thinking here. Or dark I Aja. Was... We can't use the two terms simultaneously, like the same. Or no, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, black and dark know. are different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Black Aja. But they do think uh, that's what Maureen says. It's like, it was warded. It must have been Black Aja. Which means Black Aja's there somewhere. Honestly, all of that got overshadowed by me, of course, by Lan uh, and his other warder friend. And mm. that little blip of like embrace death and just go in for the kill. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they clearly risked it. The fact that even Moraine was like, you know, she was at a point, she had enough time now where she could use the power um, to defeat him and land and them jump in. And it, so it makes me think like, um, and I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but y- y'all know, was it Saving Private Ryan where there was that one soldier that everybody hates, he's supposed to read every reload everybody and bring him ammo? Right. Yeah, and like he hesitates in the stairwell and he's just crying and everything yes. and da 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 and his buddy dies. And then we've seen more movies or, or shows. Like if you've seen um Band of Brothers and uh Captain Winters when like they have to go take out those guns and then Captain Spears comes in and goes to take out another one and they just go charging in, bullets flying at them. And you wonder to yourself, like, what's the difference between these two type of soldiers? And I know I was looking on here, we have some vets that were in, in the live listening. So maybe afterwards y'all can uh, chime in on this, but the, the quiet guys, when you're at war, the quiet guys that kind of keep themselves and don't talk much about their plans of the future. Um, those are the ones that have already kind of made peace, assume that they're going to die and they're just looking for that opportunity to charge forward. So when the bullets start flying, they just, they run straight towards it. No hesitation at all. The dudes that are talking about what they're going to do when they get back home, there's usually a couple seconds hesitation or freak out moments when, when the bullets start flying. Uh, so when, when you got guys like this, that with, with no hesitation, just leap forward to do their duty. They've, they've already decided a while ago that one way or another, they're, they're going down by the sword or they're going down fighting and, and they just don't fear it anymore. Just a hundred percent all out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that I know we're supposed to be all impressed with the drag car and what they could do. And we learned to something little something new here but I, I had a little teardrop moment with these guys and they they stole the scene for me yeah no i'd I love the embrace death scene just uh this yeah just badass <laughs> yep yeah so yeah so they uh, obviously the dry car was warded because like i think we talked about even the first chapter that that lan and and moraine they can sense part of being isolated you can sense shadows pop. so the only way that they could get this close was to be have some kind of magic put on them so that thing um which makes it even more terrifying that one they're in the middle of nowhere and someone's tracked moraine there and then sent someone to a a sentence sent a drag card to assassinator so uh you know it goes back to the whole thing of in the very beginning of this book how how organized the dark forces or the shadow is versus the light they they got their shit together yeah. <laughs> um yeah they, they've been prepping for a while yeah but the trouble yeah. is like even now so i'm at the point now where i'm starting to like moraine and her her game plan a little bit more um but and i i, I would love to see her bring more people in 
um, to fight the fight that she's, you know, trying to win here. But like, who can she trust? You know, it's just yeah. it's it's almost too late for um, the powers of good, if you will, to to come together. You know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we just need Rand. We need Rand to go get all the uh, IO men and band them together and come kick butt and take names. Agreed. There you go. All right, and then we end this chapter with Moraine saying, "Okay, we got it. We got to leave. Um, they know we're here. We're out of here." Time to bounce <laughs> and end the chapter. All right, and so, so, Chris, did I miss something? Like the, the one sister asked her about whether or not she found the answer she was looking for. Blah blah blah. And she and Moraine replies with, "I may have found one that I didn't know I saw." And I, I, I meant to go back and reread this one in detail and see what was the clue she got. But I, nothing's jumping out at me. And I would assume I think, it would be in the conversation that she had. It was, I mean, so you got the clue about the watchers over the waves. Yeah, that's the one um, I wrote And Tillman had. Yeah, that, um, that, that was new info. And then maybe part of the clue could be even the Drakkar and, and the Black Aja being involved. I mean, maybe that's something. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So final thoughts on all these chapters, the three chapters we covered tonight. Why can't Jordan just be more direct and tell us exactly what's <laughs> happening? Unreliable narrator. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It's your favorite part over. of this. I'll yeah. get over it. Yeah. So, it is fun, though. Yeah. So do you guys uh, – any thoughts on you know, all these chapters, whether it's uh, Sidene and the statue or the Nine Rings and Days to Mar and more rain and the Drakkar and- the books and all the stuff. Any anything we missed or anything else you guys want to cover? Uh, we got to be coming up on a pretty sweaty sex scene at some point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and and here's why. Like we have all these hints and in innuendo, and we have this love hate thing with Lan and Nynaeve and the boys. Well, I mean, I guess I should call them men. Are we calling them men yet? Boys, nah, men. The, the boys they, to men sounds great. Boys to men. Yeah, so the boys to men are, they keep swinging and missing. They keep having opportunities and then thinking about each other instead of the girls that are in front of them. And at some point, Jordan is going to run out of material if he doesn't actually let them swing the bat. You know what I'm saying? You, you, can't, you can't have 20 interactions with females with Rand going, God, I wish Perrin was here. And five yeah. more with Perrin, and Perrin go, man, I wish Rand was here. At some point, someone's got to go, you know what? Screw it. I'm here. Let's do it. Yeah. So as we do every single week, so let me look on Twitter and see. Last week, you guys' favorite character was Ian's was Loyal, and Chris's was Rand. Favorite character. So Loyal won. So everyone agreed with Ian that Loyal was the best from last week. And then Rand and Nynaeve were tied. For a second, I put Sawan in there too because that, that whole entire thing with Nandi and Sawan, Darwin seat. So, so loyal. Everyone thought that that was going to be favorite character last week. So for this week, what's you guys' favorite character from these chapters? Ah, uh, just from these chapters. So for me, I I've, I got the most out of the Marine chapter, and. As much as I want to throw some love to her, 
the embrace death scene was man that had me fired up yeah um and so i gotta give it to, i gotta give it to lan again here i know you took mine i mean like he's <laughs> he was he was given like the biggest distraction he possibly could have this this the Aes Sedai that he's been bonded to for so long and so loyal to is fucking with him, questioning him, you know, trying to get him to question himself to see where his loyalties lie. And doing so gets him thinking about Nynaeve, the woman that he, I, I think we all believe, has feelings for. So he has every reason to be distracted still. And he stomps off to try and clear his mind and still makes it back in time to kick ass and take names and just throws life on the line to save her. So I don't, that's hard to, that's hard to beat. I think I got to give it to him. Yeah. Is that yours, Chris, too? Lan? Yeah, Lan is honestly my favorite character in this. I mean, I wish I could go deeper. I wish I could say, oh, no, I really like this other person. But Lan really captivated things for me. And then, you know, I, my respect for Rand is actually growing. So I'll go back and say it's between Rand and Lan. And Rand, okay. you know, being able to stand up to Celine and be able to, to make decisions and then to, as we alluded to earlier, kind of ride out and navigate some of the game. Um, you know, I, I yeah. think he's got a bright future ahead of him. Okay. All right. In the next two chapters, so next week we're doing two chapters, not three. We'll back to the two train, at least for next week. Um and those chapter titles are The Testing and New Friends and Old Enemies. Mm. The Testing. Uh, I'm guessing we're going back to Nynaeve and Egwene. Yep. Okay. And yep. and they're they're actually going to start their schooling. Okay. Specifically, mm. Nynaeve. Nynaeve's test. First yeah, accepted. Yeah. yeah. I think hers would be the most intense from what we've read for sure. Yeah. It's a good chapter. New, new friends, new friends, old enemies. Uh so new mm-hmm. friends, I can't tell you who the new ones are because they're new. Yeah. Uh but old enemies, you know, maybe uh Fane and, and his crew catch up again. Huh. Interesting. It is yeah. interesting. But it says yeah. new friends and old enemies. So maybe they're people that were once viewed as enemies that are now friendly. See, that's possible too. You know, it's all in how you yeah. read the title. Exactly. Oh, Andy Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Making me think. It's too late at night to think. Yeah. So yeah, so too tequila. I'm too whiskey to think right now. So so that's uh that's next week for you guys. So tune in next Tuesday night. We'll record that episode. Um, it's gonna be a good one. Uh, we're kind of almost to the halfway point of the book. So we're we're marching right along. I don't know if it'll be that great, Alan. That's gonna be after my first day physically back to work since St. Patrick's Day. I think Oof. I'm going to be in a bad mood. Yeah. <laughs> so these well, hopefully be... this hopefully this will cheer you up. Uh, yeah, hope, so. hopefully these chapters are really good. Yeah, oh, no, they're good. They're good chapters, but okay. they're, they're I don't know if they're cheerful 
up chapters, but they're good chapters. Uh, so, so yeah, that's a uh, spoiler that's, alert. That's next week. So let me go ahead and wrap it up. So how we can be found, we can be found at the wheel reads at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those great places, mostly on Twitter, but we, we do have presence elsewhere as well. So uh, check us out there. Um, the will reads at gmail.com is our email address. You can email us at any time or it's actually me. Um, I'll answer it. Um, Alan, I'm the guy who monitors, monitors the email. Um, and then uh, discord. Yeah. Feel free to join our discord. It's growing all the time. We have a crap ton of new readers in our discord now. Um, and yes. it's been, it's been great just to uh, interact with a lot of these new readers. Uh, they're all in different parts of the books, but uh uh, just been a whole lot of fun. Um, we have roles for new first-time readers, so it blocks you from everything spoilery um, and actually blocks you up to the book you're on. So uh, it, it really prevents you from spoiling. Plus, you get a special color for your name, which lets everyone know that you are a first-time reader. And so even if you're in like voice chat or something like that, they know to be careful with spoilers. Um, so uh, Great place to come hang out. If you're listening to us, if you're reading for the first time and you're using us as a companion podcast, feel free to come join us in discord. Or if you've read it a million times and you want to interact with first time readers or just want to join another discord because there's like a million little time discords. Um, join ours. It's fun. We, we hang out a lot. It's a, it, we have an active discord. Um, I can say that uh, being in 20 some odd discords, uh, Discord servers. Um, we we are pretty active, and so are others. But yeah, we enjoy ours. Join ours; it's cool. Um, also, Patreon. I have to mention that as well. Now, um, uh, if you like what you hear, you want to listen to us live, you could do that. It costs a dollar a month. Think about joining our Patreon. Um, if you want to get early access to episodes, it's five dollars a month. Uh, anybody who missed it tonight that is at that level gets it tomorrow. So but they'll get this episode tomorrow, whereas everyone else has to wait an entire week till next Tuesday when I release the episode. So, um, cause I don't get done editing for a while. It's an unedited version you get, uh, if you get the next day one. Um, and then, um, yeah, merchandise. We do have a merch store. It's in the links below. Feel free to peruse. Uh, we have more stuff coming, but still, yeah, think of some merch. It's fun. Um, we have t-shirts and mugs and shot glasses because, who doesn't need another shot glass? Yep, um, yeah. Uh, beanies and hats and sweat and hoodies, all sorts of fun stuff. So um, check out the merch store. So that's uh, that's about all I got for this week. Um, so anything else from you guys? Until next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to The Wheel of Reads. See y'all next time. <laughs>